Welcome to the Lighthouse Financial Advisors Money Over 50 podcast with Dallas Davison and Michael Hogue. This information is general in nature and does not take into account your objectives, financial situation or needs. Therefore, you should consider whether the information is appropriate for you and your personal circumstances. If you require personal advice, please contact Lighthouse Financial Advisors. Here are your hosts, Dallas Davison and Michael Hogue. Definition of what a financial advisor does. Thanks, today's, today's episode on Money Over 50 with uh, Michael and Dallas. This, uh, I was just about to say this should be a short one, but we <laughs> say that every time it never is, but I think this genuinely should be. This was uh, an interesting thing I read the other day. I, I've talked about the, uh, a guy named Morgan Housel, who's a, a finance writer in America. I've got a bit of a man crush on him. He's a very, very <laughs> clever guy. He's good, Morgan. And, I've, and I've, uh, I've heard him speak and listen. I've, I've read quite a bit of his stuff. He, he's one of these guys that says things and you go, yeah, well, that's, that's what I meant, but I just couldn't <laughs> praise it as well as him. So, yeah, I think this might have actually just been a, a Twitter a tweet of his the other day. It was very succinct. He basically said, the definition of a financial advisor is someone who talks people into doing things they don't want to do and talks them out of doing things they do want to do sprinkled in with some technical, professional, historical knowledge. <laughs> that's a great way of putting it. Yeah. Because you know, we've, we've had this before heaps of times where when you say to people, oh, I'm a financial advisor, they have this image of you know, us sitting like Wolf of Wall Street, sitting <laughs> on a phone in some yelling and screaming and buy this and sell this and doing all these really exciting things where the reality is this is, this is, you know, this is what it looks you know what, like. You know what's funny about that? Like, so... Um, yeah, when we put together the tangible things that we, we try to do for people, which is, you know, um, pick up at least $10,000 of tax savings that they're not yeah. picking up already, yeah. add half a million dollars to their superannuation balance, yeah. and um, set them up pay. so they can retire and never run out of money, never pay a dollar of tax again. Yeah. And then you survey people, yeah. their existing clients, and say, yeah. what, are, what, are, what are we what providing we do to you? That? Yeah. And I say, oh, you just give us peace of mind. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Or, or yeah. the other one well, is, you, you, or you hold me accountable. Yeah, you so stop, you hold you stop me, stop me accountable. Doing things, yeah. You start to say yeah. the first part that you said. They're talking people into doing things they don't they want don't to. want to do, and yeah. talking them out of doing things they do want to do. Yeah. So the, the, uh, doing, is, doing is can be wrapped up by peace yeah. of mind, and yeah. you hold yeah. me accountable. So. Yeah. So the, I guess the first thing there of doing things they don't want to do practically. The the big one for that is super contributions, and this is where we differ a bit. Where you get you get really excited about the idea of contributions. And I do too, but I'm aware that most people, it's kind of a necessary evil where you go, you should put this money into super every year. And they go, I don't want to do that. It's not exciting. I could do this other stuff with it. So that's the big one for me is doing things they don't want to do is put some money into well, super. Well, as, as I just mentioned on a previous podcast, yeah. it's, it's boring until you, and you yeah. can go on a $40,000 <laughs> holiday every single yeah. year than yeah. your friend's car. Yeah. Like, well, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's tremendously boring up until that point. Like, <laughs> yeah. But that's, that's true. That, that is a, a big part of, of our thing is, is it's almost the, it is not the carrot and the stick, but you're kind of going, you have to break that down to go, you, you want this end point. You, you want to be retired and to be able to travel and to not run out of money and do all these sorts of things. You go, you just, you have to, to get there, you have to do that. I know yeah. you don't want to put money in the super. I know it's boring. I know you, could spend it on other stuff and there's way more exciting things you can do with that money but you just have to do it so that's yeah that's part one of our job is talking people into doing things that 
that they don't want to do, which is normally saving more money or don't, you know, that's that's a big one is super contributions being the, the main one, but even extra mortgage repayments, anything mm. like that, where, uh, yeah, probably half their job is talking people into doing things that they, they don't want to do. And what about talking them out of doing things they do want to do? What what the, What's your common one there? I think this, this is probably where um, the common one, this, this breaks into two categories here. For me, one of them is don't buy, not buying things or not spending money, hmm. which again, we talk about this, we don't want dynamic of their relationship to be us being the parent telling someone not to. It's no. more around saying, hey, you need to put $30,000 a year in a super, or you need to put 20000 whatever that figure is that we've decided as a team to achieve your goal, do this. I want to buy a boat or a new car or something. Okay, can you put your twenty thousand dollars in the super? No. Okay, yeah. well then you can't do that. That's 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 part one of you know talking people out of doing things they do want to do is stopping helping our clients not do things that is going to that that aren't going to allow them to make the change they need to make. Yes, so. and a um, uh, couple of podcasts that we did in in series profit first yeah. touches on that. Yeah, exactly. Before where we talk yeah. about. Hey, actually making those super contributions yep. as non-negotiables yep. and, and paying yourself first or, yep. or, or eking out your profit first and putting it into your super new, super account. Yep. And then it's not to say you can't go and buy the new car or the, or the boat. Yep. It's just that you have less money yep. left over to fit yep. all those things in. Yeah, that's right. And But the cream definitely rises to the top there. Yeah. Um, just as it does if someone said you usually work eight hours in a day, you've got to get everything done in yeah. four hours today. Yeah. All the ten tasks that you had on your list, yeah. the most important, um, the most important ones would naturally rise to the top. Yeah. So it works the same way there yeah. in that if you have less money as discretional spending, yeah. then the really important things that you want to do rise to the top and yeah. you scrub it's out the things that, that's right. that you don't want to do. The, 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 I think of um, talking people out of doing things they don't want, that they do want to do, is this comes back to um, people making the, the big mistakes um, with, their, with their savings in terms of how that money's invested. So, yeah. you know, there's um, the, the, the big one, the, the predominant determinant of how you will, uh, investment returns you'll get over the last 10 years of your working life is how, how is your money invested? How is that allocated? How much is allocated towards growth assets versus yep. defensive assets? And then what do you do when uh, investment markets drop? So the big thing that happens is when prices drop, people want to want to sell out of their growth assets. So you watch you know, share markets drop by 30%. Mm. Every, everyone wants to sell at that point in time. It's a, it's a natural human reaction. but. People are feeling pain at that point in time. What they want to do at that point in time is they just want to stop the pain. So they want to move their money out of out of being invested in growth assets. They want to move it into cash so that then they don't have to worry about it yep. about it going down anymore. That's if if that's over the last ten years of someone's working life. If we can stop them panicking and selling at the wrong time once, yeah, that that will basically be a return of many many multiples. Look, it's it's there. somewhere in the hundred thousand to two hundred and fifty thousand dollar range. Somewhere yeah. in that range generally, because um, we've done a podcast just recently yeah, that someone someone is ten years out from working. Yeah. Uh, sorry, ten years out from retiring. Yeah. And who had about half a million dollars. Yeah. Um, we know that in the recent volatility yeah. in March yeah. of two thousand and twenty, 
uh, with coronavirus, the markets went down the fastest they've ever gone down. Yeah. And the most amount of people yeah. sold out at around 37% down yeah. at that point in time. Now, yeah. that decision, um, given that most of those people will buy back in uh, when the markets are fully recovered, yeah. what they've actually done is sold out at 63 cents in the dollar yeah. and bought back in at a dollar. Yeah. Um, so, so that decision has cost them yeah. somewhere in the vicinity of 100 to 250,000 dollars at their retirement. At the time, just just that one decision. And that's, that one and that's, decision. that's a really good example of something that that's talking people out of doing things they want to do at that moment. It's not things that they want to do for the next 10. Because no. people who made that decision, or made that mistake, they're going to turn around in a couple of years' time and go, oh, I wish I, didn't, wish I hadn't have done that now. Yeah. But at that moment, you know, the, I, I read this once, a, a wise man basically saying, people don't act irrationally. And I thought that doesn't make sense because people do irrational things all the time. What he really meant was people act based on what they are experiencing at that moment. So yeah. for, for those sorts of you know, very fast, very quick drops in, in prices, what, you're experience, what people are experiencing day to day there, they're, they're experiencing a lot of pain, a lot of anxiety, a lot of fear of the future, a lot mm. of worry about the unknown, what's going to happen. So what they're doing is, is they're just reacting to, how do I stop this pain right now? Mm. So I want to stop the pain right now. How do I do that? I move my super into cash. Mm. And so that's our job at that point in time is to say, no, I, I know why you want to do that. I completely understand. That's a natural human instinct, but you cannot do that. You must not do that. Yeah. That's, that's something I know you want to do it, but you just can't do it. And it's funny, isn't it? Because some of our clients, so we're coming up to 10 years in business, um, some of our earliest clients, we've been telling them the whole, I mean, we've yeah. been telling all of our clients the whole yeah. time that they've been a client, the yeah. markets are going to drop by 30% or yeah. more. Yeah. And, um, and they hadn't yeah. for nearly 10 years. Uh, so if you go back to 2010, yeah. uh, fast forward to 2020, um, we hadn't seen a drop of even 20% yeah. over that period of time. Yeah. Um, we had a drop that approached 20%. It was recovered so quickly that no one even knew it happened. happened yeah. So we'd been telling our clients yeah. along that along that whole continuum, yeah. regardless of when they became a client of ours, yeah. the markets will drop away by 30% or more yeah. and there'll be no warning. Yeah. Um, what we're going to do yeah. is just write it out. We're going to do nothing. And they've yeah. been looking at us like we've had two, yeah. we've got two heads because <laughs> the market's been up and up yeah. and up and up and up. Yeah. And we got feedback from those clients yeah. when this coronavirus happened. They went, oh, that's, that's what you're yeah. talking about. Yeah. <laughs> so so, so look, they were, because we'd been saying that the entire time, yeah when times are good, it's awfully late to be telling people yeah, that the that. markets will drop yeah. when they've actually happened. Yep. You've got to tell them the good times. Yes. So yep. we've been telling yep. people that during the good times, yep. um, not one of our clients panicked yeah. over that period of time. That's right. So, and that's, that's, I think, where, again, that's why I think this is a really good um, definition of what a financial planner does because even within it, there's things that people kind of understand where you go. We talk people into doing things they don't want to do, like, you know, saving more money and putting mm. money into super. And we talk people out of doing things they want to do, like buying a new car or a boat or a holiday home they can't afford or things like that. But then there are also a whole range of things where we're talking people into and out of things that they're probably not even aware of the real cost of that. So you know, that's, that's a big part of it is that, you know, sometimes those decisions that you know what they're going to, if you know what they're going to cost you, you know, it's easy to make that decision, but a big part of our job is to say you, you can't 
I know you want to do that thing, but you just can't do it because it's going to cost you too much. It's yeah. going to it's going to put you back by the you know, too far. You're not going to be able to recover from that. Yeah. So, and that's I think the big one for for, for me is, is you know, stopping people doing things that they might want to do at that moment. Is that they're normally not they're not doing it at that moment because they've sat down and made a really rational, well thought out decision about here's where we want to be in ten years time, and this is the best way to get there. It's just, again, it's human nature that when we're experiencing emotion, we're experiencing something, we want to react to that. We want to get rid of that in that moment. That, that's a really good point to make, and we have touched on that in, our, in that podcast that we did. I, sorry, I forget the name of it, but we talked about it was something to do with costing yourself $250,000 yeah. Yeah, yeah. from yeah. overreacting. Yeah. Um, look, without a plan, so yeah. without a plan and yeah. without a purpose of that money, yeah. so I've got half a million dollars in superannuation, I'm 10 years out for retirement, if that money doesn't have a purpose yet, yeah. as in it has to grow to $1.5 million, yeah. um, I can understand that decision. Yeah. So you go, overnight, yeah. that balance seemingly dropped from half a million dollars to $375,000. Yeah. And, and that's what we're talking about. That's yeah. where people actually, we can understand yeah. what, we can understand why they made that decision yes. to stop the pain at that point in time yeah. and to move to cash. Yeah. Um, they don't fully understand the cost of that decision. Yeah. So the cost of that decision is that you know, they, they, they cashed $375,000 out from what was really worth half a million dollars mm-hmm. just previously. Yeah. By the time they put that money back in, yeah. um, they'll, they'll, be, they'll be paying yeah. Dollar, yeah. You know, a dollar for that yeah. for that price again. So they've crystallized a loss of $125,000. Yeah. And over the following ten years, yeah, the, the, that the would have grown to two hundred and fifty thousand dollars. So that's yeah. that's the cost of two hundred and fifty thousand dollars. That's right. So of yeah. course they, no, no one would, no one would do that. Yeah. Um, but they just didn't have it. They didn't have any perspective there. They didn't that, have any perspective, a, or they didn't have, yeah. they didn't have a, the a, job of this money is to get from here to here. Yeah. Why it's why it's volatile from time to time is because it, it, we need to get a yeah. a return of yeah. You know, Six, seven, eight percent or more on that money each and every year, on average, to get it to one point five billion dollars. Um, that's that's a, a really good point there. Where you say even even where we we jokingly say this that our job as an individual is to talk you know, people into doing things they don't want to do and out of things they, they do want to do. The the best way that I have found to do that is that it's actually not about me. It's about you know, the the plan or the you know what the strategy is. So you know. And we talk about this each where you don't want the dynamic to be, uh, you know, it's it's uh, you know, I'm some god figure coming down from on high saying you must do this and you mustn't do this. No. It's a thing of we've discussed this as a team. We've all worked out that this is where you want to be in ten years' time. This is the plan for how you need to make that happen. Yeah. Now, if you if you don't do the things that you that you need to do to make that happen, or if you do the things that are going to take you away from that we are not going to get where you need to be. So it's really just about making that concrete and saying, well, yeah, it's, it's, always, it's always the client's money. It's always your money. You can, you can do with it what you want. You can not yeah. do the things that you should do. You can do things that you probably shouldn't do. But you're only hurting yourself in the future. And that's, that's the big thing is what you, what you really get good at is going, well, it's not so much in convincing, tricking people into doing things. No. It's really about convincing people that hey there is a plan in place here there is a strategy that we've got worked out if we stick to the script here we will get where we need to be and if we don't if we go off script if we change the things if we don't do to do or if we do things that we shouldn't do we're just not going to get you where you need to be yeah absolutely and that for that ties in the mentioned i've tied that in neatly with the last bit of that which is 
sprinkled in with some technical professional historical knowledge. So for us to be able to come up with that plan or to be a credible, uh, a credible you know, conversational sparring partner there, we need to actually know what we're talking about. Otherwise, yeah. if we're saying to a client, hey, you should do this or you shouldn't do that, and, and we, don't know, we don't know what we're talking about, well, then, of course, yeah. they shouldn't listen to us. But yes. this is where you really need to make sure that you've got the, the technical knowledge, the, not just the technical knowledge about the rules and, and how things work, but also, historically, what has happened in the past and yes. what are some mistakes that people have made previously and what have things that we have seen work well and not work well. So the, the plan and, and our, I guess, advice around how to make that work has to be has to be um, mixed throughout with we know we know what we're talking about here and so our clients are comfortable listening to us at times when even if they particularly when they don't really want to listen to us they go well this guy knows what he's talking about so i either have to do what he says or agree that this plan is going to work or not but uh, we've got to have we've got to have some sort of uh, people have to have some confidence that we know what we're talking about well i love the technical aspect because because it's really a guaranteed return overnight, isn't it? We talk about a guaranteed return service, overnight. Yeah. So yeah. we sift through the legislation yeah. and we work out exactly yeah. what people need to do to take. Because yeah. everyone wants to yeah. pay the least amount of tax. Yeah. Everyone wants to get a $10,000 tax right. return. Yeah. So, um, you know, we, it ties into the first point, talking people into doing things they don't want to do. So we need to get $30,000 yeah. for you guys as a couple into superannuation. Yeah. Oh, we don't want to do that. Yeah. Do you want to get a ten thousand dollars tax return? <laughs> yes, we do. Yeah. Um, okay. So, okay. Well, this ticks two boxes here. We we put that money in. Yeah. We can claim it as a tax deduction. Yeah. And go into the technical aspects of that now. Go yeah. back and listen to claiming your ten thousand dollars tax deduction. It's yeah. A really good podcast yeah, right. to borrow in yeah. on an example for that. Um. But but that that's going to tick the box of getting your superannuation. Yeah. In the ballpark of where it needs to be. Yeah. Um. It's going to give you ten thousand dollars of a tax deduction yeah. if done correctly. Hey, um, yeah, we're setting you up where we can, where we can have you in a position where you never pay a dollar of tax again after you've been retired if, if done correctly. Yeah. So all of that is just sifting through and knowing yeah. the legislation and us being able to know what works and how people can pick up that guaranteed yeah. low-hanging fruit. Yeah. Um, and and that's and yeah. this, I think that that to me is the the big one is if you take those things, it almost becomes like a what's the uh, there's a great there's a great drawing I've seen about you know there's basically one input and then there's yeah you know, there's a thread coming in and then there's you know all these squiggly lines of everything that's going on in the middle and then there's one yeah. one output one thread going out. so yeah. it's basically someone comes in and says to us this is this is the this is the end result that I want to achieve and then our technical knowledge our professional knowledge our, our historical knowledge of the things that we've done with clients that we've researched and we've, and we've seen and we've studied up on that's all the input and there's all sorts of stuff that goes on within there and then the output is often us saying just do this one thing here is the one thing that you need to do to make that happen and yep. so I, I think i think like most people when i first started out as a financial advisor i thought that the thought that the technical knowledge was the the only well, not so much the, only, the hardest thing but you realize that every every man is dog you know who anyone who's done any sort of financial planning study probably knows a, a bit about some legislation or well, they'll know bits and pieces of it it's actually not it's not that complicated you could have the most technically brilliant worst financial yeah. advisor yeah. in the world yeah well that's wrapped up in the one because yeah. because it has to be something that's going to work for those people yes. so, yeah, so that's right. you could come yeah. up with the most technically brilliant plan yeah and then but if you can't read your yeah. client and know 
Yeah. Um, look, what's actually going to? What are they going to be able to stick them? to? What, what are they, they stick to? Yeah. Uh, you know, what 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 what's something that's going to work and what's yeah. something that's going to be practical? Yeah. Then then it's uh, and, and then and that's I guess the other thing is you you can have all your knowledge, thing. but if you don't use that technology to come up with a a really good plan that that your client's actually going to be able to stick to, it's useless. Mm. And then even if you have the best plan, if you can't um, maintain, if you can't communicate that to your clients in a way, mm. that, especially under conditions of stress, if you can't maintain a relationship with your clients that they feel sticking to your advice at at moments of real stress, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how good your technology is. It doesn't matter how good of a plan you've come up with. Mm. If you can't communicate that to people in a way that they they do the things they don't want to do uh, when they need to, and they don't do the things that they that they shouldn't be doing when they when they need to not do them. Yep. That's that's to me where the thing I like about it, where it says sprinkled in with some of this, is that you need that and you need to have that as your base. But as a financial advisor, that's the most important thing is filtering that back through in a way where there's a plan that people are happy to stick to, and as the planner, they are happy to trust and listen to you at mm. those at those times when you really need them to. That's good. Uh, anything else to add? I think that's other than other than the standard, which is that. If you if you liked this episode or you didn't like this episode, you think we're full of crap or whatever, <laughs> feel free to email us some suggestions, feedback, or ideas for other podcasts at podcast at mo five zero. That's interesting because we've never said, um, we've never actually mentioned. Uh, yeah. We'll take the yeah, bad feedback, feedback was yeah. good, but we just, feedback we just, is feedback. So <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, if, 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 yeah, if we we'll take constructive, we'll take destructive. That, we'll that was rubbish. Yeah, uh, if you if you yeah. well, if someone said that's rubbish, you'd, you'd be able to work out by process of elimination. You go, we've got a hundred episodes. They said this one is rubbish. Okay, we'll do less like that and more like the others. <laughs> yeah. uh, any other topics that you that you'd like to uh, hear us expound on, or any other questions that you have, feel free to yeah, email us through podcast at mo50.com.au. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to the Money Over Fifty podcast with Lighthouse Financial Advisors. We look forward to catching up again soon.